Okay, let's get into today's show. The verbs. Mom thought of as a place where people just lived, and if they wanted nightlife or entertainment or good restaurants, they went into the city. Well, in case you haven't noticed, in the last twenty or so years, there's been like a tectonic shift, and really for a variety of reasons, which we're going to get into. So let's look at Bethesda, Maryland. It's no longer a sleepy bedroom community of the city of DC. I mean, it really hasn't been for quite some time. But in its own right, Bethesda is a hotbed of incredible restaurants, activations, festivals, art events. I mean, there's always something happening in Bethesda. So to that point, joining me to talk about that, sort of the what and the whys of the shift, is Stephanie Coppola. She's a good friend and director of marketing and communications at Bethesda Urban Partnership. Now, when Stephanie and I booked this, we discussed bringing in several restaurants for a variety of reasons. One, Bethesda has terrific restaurants, but two, they also run so many food-centric events. I wanted her to bring people in to sort of talk about how that works in a community like Bethesda. So, with her and lucky me is Jamie Mertz. She's owner of the Red Bandana Bakery. It's gluten-free. I can't wait to get into that.、Um, old friend Chef Al Ashis, who it's formerly Duck Duck Goose, but now it's Good Duck and Burger. We're gonna get into、mm-hmm. that. And Paul Fitz. He's the general manager of the very just open Salt Line,、um, all in Bethesda. So. Let's get into it. Thank you, everybody, for joining me today, Stephanie. Let's do a little like four one one on Bethesda,、okay. and because you know, like my husband was raised in Bethesda,、yep. like Chevy Chase Bethesda,、mm-hmm. and you know, he sort of talks about. I mean, he's much older than me, as you know.、Um, he, it's serious. He's much older than me.、Um, He talks about the good old days,、yeah. you know, that Bethesda was just like a sleepy little town,、yeah. and in the last. Forty years, let's say, there's been a huge change in the economics、yeah. and the real estate and etc. in Bethesda. I mean, we've seen a lot of change in the last twenty years.、Mm-hmm. Right, twenty years ago,、um, we saw the development of Bethesda Row, right, and all these gorgeous outdoor cafes and this kind of new shiny area of Bethesda.、Mm-hmm. And then you know, you go and walk down Woodmont Avenue, and you're in Woodmont Triangle, which is a little bit of an older section of Bethesda, but we have lots of Owner operator, chef owned and operated spaces, lots of ethnic foods. So we've always felt like we have the best of both worlds in Bethesda. We have、mm-hmm. these two distinct kind of neighborhoods, in addition to kind of the whole 300 acres that we manage.、Um, we have nearly 200 restaurants in this area. I can't believe it's 200 restaurants. It's close to 200, and it's kind of maintained that. You know, I've been doing this for over 20 years,、mm-hmm. and we've always kind of maintained that number in a very finite area. Um, we love that people are constantly have something new to try. I mean, you just mentioned the salt line is brand new.、Right. Um, Chef Al is changing concepts.、Mm-hmm. Um, Jamie's been with us for a little while, but gluten free is so important and so hot. And it's you know it's so great that folks that are doing <clears throat> new and exciting concepts. You know, Chef Al could have said, "Well, I'm going to do something new, but I'm not doing it in Bethesda." But he decided to stay, and、right. he's on an important corner, right in the heart of Woodmont Triangle.、Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have these, like I said, kind of two distinct neighborhoods, but they're both great places to eat. They're both great places to people watch, to be outside at an outdoor cafe or one of our outdoor streeteries.、Um, we just think Bethesda is very people scale,、mm-hmm. easy to walk around. Well, I was going to say, the, it's actually to me, it's the walkability. Like、yes. the selling point to me of Bethesda、it's、is the walkability、factor. of it that you can. 
live there mm -hmm. and um, walk out of your house, walk out of your apartment, and you can get a burger, you can get some oysters, you can get some gluten-free products, you can right. go get your coffee, you can get your dry clean, get your nails done, go to the grocery All store. All the things. All the things yeah. are in walk are walkable. And I think that I think that's one of the reasons why some of the more for the reaching suburbs, you know, like mm -hmm. the, the bigger sure. homes and things and lots yep. of land and things of that nature, there are a lot of people being like, yeah, I want to walk out of my house and I don't want it to get in my car. Right. I want to write. I don't. I want a different kind of life. I think the other thing that we, that people find so appealing, and this is just sort of anecdotal and I'm sure the restaurant owners can agree that, you know, there's so many demographics in Bethesda. Mm. There are people in their young twenties. There are young families in their thirties and forties. There are baby boomers. I mean, there is truly something for everyone. I know that sounds cliche, but because when you have nearly 200 restaurants, you have a lot of things that appeal to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, and we're, thrilled about that. But you and don't have to go downtown to go to a bar. Right. You could, you could, you could go to the corner bar. Right. You could go to the corner bar and you mm -hmm. don't have to go downtown to catch the game on the big screen. You don't have to go downtown for something fancy. Right. Um, you don't have to go downtown for gluten-free. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's really nice to have so many people dedicated to. I mean, the folks here today, and you'll hear from them directly, they're dedicated restaurant owners. I mean, they care about the communities where they're living and working. Mm -hmm. And I think that also lends to our success is we've been doing this a long time. We know them, they know us. We worked closely together during difficult times during the pandemic. And it was a lot of how can we help you guys? How can we make things better in Bethesda? Um, we welcomed lots of new residents. We have some new buildings. Well, so I just kind of want to talk about that. I don't, yeah. we don't need to go down the pandemic road, but, but the sort of the silver, little itty bitty silver lining yeah. of the pandemic would be the streeteries, for mm -hmm. example. Like, yeah. I guess if we can go just a little pre that, sure. at what point um, at the Bethesda Urban Partnership were you guys like, oh, we need to do programming? Because mm -hmm. like, I feel like if you talk about 40 years ago, yeah. like if somebody did a festival, right. like that was right. an outsider coming yeah. in and you granted What's interesting granted about it. programming is how much it's changing. Um, you know, it used to be sort of this big street festival model, which mm -hmm. we're still going to do Taste of Bethesda because it's tried and true and it's at the core mm -hmm. of what we do. But weekly activations, monthly activations, right. we're doing free fitness in the parks. We're doing more weekly concerts than ever before. Um, you know, we're constantly coming up with new kind of social gatherings that also have fear and fear, beer, right. food and wine. Maybe um, a little bit of fear. <laughs> okay. Some of the things we want to try. Right. Um, but we, the community, and I think the pandemic did this, is just we want to get together. We want to get together outside. We missed being together. Um, great food is obviously a component of that. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we're constantly working at kind of changing and evolving these activations too. I mean, new things are coming on the horizon and we're excited about it. And we just did a big survey and an online survey and in-person surveys and all the things to kind of do a strategic plan, right. which is great to get feedback directly from the people you're serving. And, um, and what do the people want? I'm just sort of curious because I know what I want. Right. Do you right. know what I mean? Like I'm an empty nester. Oh, she's almost out in college. I mean, we're so close. I could see the finish line. Um, but um, for all intents and purposes, I'm an empty nester. Like, I know what I want yeah. at this part of my life and how I want to live. And given that Bethesda is home to a, a large variety of people, as you just mentioned, mm -hmm. what's the feedback? Do people love the programming? Do they want more of they it? They want more. They want more of everything. I bet. And it definitely follows in the, falls in the category of programming. Mm. Um, community spaces together. 
whether that's a bookstore returning to Bethesda someday or outdoor gathering. Oh, I bet Barnes and Noble closing was a big problem. Um, you know, everyone has a pet now, mm-hmm. as, as we all do too. But mm-hmm. um, even, you know, in the apartments and condos in downtown Bethesda, they have dogs. They want to be, I'm sure, I know you have dogs coming. Um, you always have the dog bowl water out. Yeah. Yes, and dog treats. So right. yeah, things have changed, but it, it's exciting because it gives us the opportunity to be creative. It gives us the opportunity to listen to what folks want and mm-hmm. give them what they want right outside of their front door. Mm. We don't want them going north to Rockville or south to DC. Right. Um, you know, enjoy the greater area because the greater DC area is wonderful. But mm-hmm. if we can give you so much that's offered right in Bethesda, then you'll also enjoy your time in Bethesda. Well, before I bring on the restaurants, I do want to have an idea so people understand your role Mm -hmm. of how you work with the restaurants in the community of Bethesda. Like what sort, how do they rely on you? Or Um, how do you work with them as a support? Sure, so I would first say, you know, we're we're like a downtown business improvement district, right? Mm -hmm. Except we're not membership driven. So if you're in downtown Bethesda, you are part of our community. We have a very finite 300 acres that the Bethesda Urban Partnership manages. Our main jobs are to market and maintain downtown Bethesda. Mm-hmm. So we just 300 acres sounds so big. I mean, but it's not right because <laughs> the metro is right in the center of it, and it just mm-hmm. goes a few blocks north and south of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do. We just work closely with each restaurant. So you know, we're on social media every day sharing 10 or 15 posts of what the local restaurants are doing. We're sharing special events that they're doing. Mm. If they have any issues with, um, we were talking before about county regulations, you know, we try to be a facilitator um, in various things as much as we can. In addition to doing all the like fun and this is a wonderful place, we're also here to be um, help you problem solve, help you facilitate. What else can we do to make your job, lifetime, creativity, everything better in Bethesda. So you're very front of the house and back of the house. I think so. Right? Yeah. It's like a little bit of both. It feels that way. Okay. All right. We're going to come back to you because yep. I know, speaking of all that programming, we have some big stuff yes. coming up and I want to get that at the end. Okay. So Jamie Marks, it's so nice to meet you. I thought we had met before, but I was totally wrong. So you are the Red Bandana Bakery. Tell us a little bit about your concept and how you executed it and gluten-free. Give me all the details. That's right. So we're 100% gluten-free. Mm-hmm. I started at Farmer's Markets right after graduating from Academy de Cuisine back mm-hmm. in 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, while I was in pastry school, my brother had autism. They put him on a gluten-free, casein-free diet. Mm. Um, so I got very interested in adapting pastry techniques to make things gluten-free and casein-free, which is tough because a lot of French baking is all oh, flour and yes. butter. Um, but not to mention, like, 2011, like, you're right there is sort of, like, when this big shift was coming with products availability, think of what how you could get things off of Amazon, like everything was just starting to change mm-hmm. with, I feel like, access for people who wanted to bake gluten-free. Did you find that then? Yeah, the awareness has definitely increased a lot since mm-hmm. then, um, taking it seriously in restaurants and people who thought it was a fad and were doing it because they thought it was a diet versus people who understand that they had Celiac, intolerance, right, yeah. or an intolerance, right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I started off at Farmer's Markets, and I, it was tough because I had to rent kitchen space, and I had to make sure that everything wasn't cross-contaminated for people oh, sure. with celiac disease. So I wanted to get my own kitchen space, um, and I lived in Bethesda, and mm-hmm. there was an open cafe space um, at 8218 Wisconsin Avenue, which is actually in the Bethesda Medical Building. Right. 
Um, so it took a year and a half of construction actually to get everything up to code and everything there, but mm -hmm. stuck it out, got an SBA loan, and now I have a dedicated gluten-free kitchen. And we also do other dietary restrictions. We do a lot of vegan and a lot of sugar-free and keto-friendly and diabetic-friendly. Those aren't as uh, cross-contact worrisome, mm -hmm. um, so there's no flour in the air on any of the pans or anything, but the the sugar-free and everything, they don't mind the shared kitchen space. So well, that makes sense. Yeah. So how did you come up with the recipes? Like, how did you, with your French training, how did you learn? Did you, were you just like a mad scientist? How did you put mm -hmm. them together? Yeah, it was a lot of trial and error, and I also just really enjoy that stuff, the science of it. I love America's Test Kitchen mm -hmm. and um, what the different starches do that emulates the gluten, which is a, a protein, I'm sure you know, mm -hmm. and we, you need something to uh, hold the dough together and give it the stretchiness, but not too much because you don't want it gummy. Um, so we use a, a blend of white rice, brown rice, potato starch, and tapioca starch in most of our baked goods. Mm. And some of them, like the breads, we'll use like a bean flour, um, but that has a little bit of an odor, so we use it more for the savory baked goods. Or for the keto baked goods, we'll use an almond flour and a coconut flour to keep the carbohydrates lower, mm -hmm. uh, but that also has a slightly different texture. So it's a lot of trial and error, basically. I bet. So talk about some of the things that you're, like through the years, like let's talk about some of your standard products that you do. So our bread and butter, haha, ha, is actually going to be the, the custom. I feel like you've said that line before. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's ironic. What, what our main product line, I would say, I should say, is our custom cakes. Mm -hmm. So if you're having a wedding and you have celiac disease, you want to be able to eat your own wedding cake. Of course. Um, so that is something that I think people always will need and always have needs. And mm -hmm. I like to say that baked goods can be as good for your body as they are for your soul. Mm -hmm. um, it's a celebration, so everybody should be included. Sure. Um, but, you know, some people have different dietary restrictions. So we do a lot of birthday cakes, um, weddings, mitzvahs, graduations, anniversaries. Um, so like cakes that. are big. Cakes are big. Yeah. That's amazing. And then what about sort of the day-to-day -day stuff? Like how, like, I think of like brownies or cookies or things like that. Like you keep saying keto. I don't, what does that mean when you were talking about baked goods? So that means no sugar, right? Right. And lower carbohydrates in general. Mm -hmm. It's trying to get your body in ketosis, use fats and proteins instead of going straight. I mean, to I know I should know like all that. But <laughs> I, 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 I know a lot of people who do like the keto diet, but I've never asked. You don't need to. So. No, it's, I, I don't get, I don't understand it. So that's why I'm sort of questioning. So what do you make to help people who are trying to live that kind of lifestyle? Uh, for keto specifically, I would definitely recommend our cheesecake. Okay. Um, that's a naturally <laughs> high in fat and low in carbohydrate recipe that works really well. We also make brownies. Um, one of our best sellers, I should say, is our bonfire brownie. We have the little gold spoon from Taste of Bethesda 2019, oh, where we won the, the best bite. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel item. like a gauntlet has just been thrown on the table. Yeah. 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 I feel like okay. it. Here you. Defending champ. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and you get a trophy and everything. Yeah. <laughs> and so tell me about that brownie, because in case I didn't mention, like, it's like a I wanted to know about brownie. Yeah. <laughs> it sounded like you were interested. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's got like marshmallows and graham cracker crumbs. Mm. It is gluten-free and dairy-free because we make it with coconut oil. Um, so it's nice and chewy and what you would expect in a brownie if mm. you weren't didn't have any dietary restrictions or food allergies. Um, it's definitely delicious and s'mores flavored and fun for the fall and everything. Um, but also good for you if you're gluten-free dairy-free. Now, with your space in Bethesda, I'm just sort of curious. I mean, you lived in Bethesda. 
so that, and you wanted to build this space there because you wanted the kitchen. But at that time you were just in the farmer's markets. Did you have vision for a bakery? Yes. Okay. Um, so you're asking about why in Bethesda specifically or why a bakery? No, no, no. Like, what was your vision? Like, when you opened up the bakery, were you thinking, oh, I'm just going to, like, cook out of here because it's, like, commissary? Or were you like, no, I'm going to have people come in. I'm going to run a full-fledged bakery. Yes. I wanted a community space. Okay. Um, and we do have some seating. Not a lot. Not, mm -hmm. you know, as much as a, a full-service restaurant, but more than most bakeries, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, it's a little tough because we only have about 1,100 square feet. That is tiny. Yeah. But I, I think it's a good sweet spot. Um, we do a lot of production there. We make everything from scratch in-house because mm -hmm. it has to be a dedicated gluten-free space right um but we also make room so like for a kosher kitchen do you have to have somebody come bless it you know <laughs> it's not that <laughs> but i appreciate your intention like yeah. it's important you're right we do have like birthday parties we had a summer camp last week oh, cool. um yeah we do events we display like local artists art and sell things like that mm -hmm. um so i i wanted that community space i'd worked in catering kitchens before and while it's great and they're putting out great product it's not the same experience for the recipient of it or for the people who are providing the hospitality. So I, I wanted that. All right. That's yeah. amazing. You okay. must have some very dedicated customers. I, I would assume, assume so. so right? Yes. Yeah. Just being where you've been, you've been there a long time. But I assume a lot of your, like not all your dedicated customers are, have dietary restrictions. They just like your product. Yeah. It's a good mix of people from the neighborhood and people who come from further away for their dietary restriction um, and then just people like people have habits there's one guy he comes around the corner and i start getting up the loaf of ancient green bread because that's what he gets every week that's what people do that. yeah i mean what a um that's what you want in your neighborhood i mean that's what every baker signs up for right like people coming through the door from the neighborhood you know what they exactly. want when they walk in so exactly. like, congratulations all right well now since he took the mic <laughs> <laughs> chef al is like hey it's my turn <laughs> hi chef al hi how are you it's been a minute since we've seen each other how are you very good. Thank yes. You. All right. So give everybody quick your 411 and then we'll get into like the whole thing with your restaurants because you're not just in Bethesda, you are in Baltimore and in DC. Yes. And, um, but you started with Duck Duck Goose. Started with Duck Duck Goose in Bethesda. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's about nine years old, coming up on nine years old. Wow. Congratulations. Uh, and uh, we are changing it over to uh, Good Ducking Burger. Oh. Um, it's funny, you said your bakery. Okay. You're saying it wrong. Good ducking burger? Yes. Okay. The emphasis is on ducking. Uh, I'm on the phone with the branding people as soon as I'm I mean, seriously, I can't believe I have to tell you this. Lose the damn G. Okay. <laughs> um, we're, we're making a switch. You know, you said your bakery is 1,100 square feet. Uh, you know, Duck Duck Goose is 1,000 square feet. Dining. With, with That's the patio. Impressive. Um, wow. and, and it was great, you know, for me. And, I, you know, I fell in love with Bethesda. Bethesda fell in love with us over the course of the last eight or nine years. And, mm -hmm. and it started my career. But, um, you know, we've all, everybody at this table has heard about the rising cost of running a restaurant. And, mm -hmm. you know, you can only really do so much with a thousand square feet. Um, and, you know, I've, I've got this burning passion to do something that's a little bit Indian and a little bit American, just like me. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, in comes Good Duck and Burger. Okay, but before we get to that, for those who maybe don't know, oh, sure. when you came to Bethesda and you opened up Duck Duck Goose, yeah. I mean, it was a brasserie. Yes. Right? Yes. I mean, in one of the few, I mean, there wasn't a lot of brasseries really. At and that the time. only show in town, of, really. Not a lot of French. Yeah. 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 What, yeah. When we opened, you know, we were um, from almost from Rockville till 
Friendship Heights-ish. We were the only like cool, kitschy, yeah, proper grocery. Yeah. Um, you know that's changed. Uh, we've got some, we've got some real players in the neighborhood now. I know. Uh, whether they're French or not, you know, you have Melina, which is fantastic uh, Greek food, right in Pike and Rose. Mm-hmm. You've got Julie, which is also fantastic. You've mm-hmm. got Enrique. You're coming. so much better than Bob. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they're not members of Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, and you know, you've got en- Enrique coming down to friendship. So it just uh, yeah. the 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 competition got kind of stiff. And, and in that space, you know, and, and calling it a duck duck goose, it just for me, it was getting farther and farther away from the, what I wanted it to be and what it is and my Baltimore location and my DC location. If I'm not mistaken, you came in there and had kind of a so-so experience the mm-hmm. last time. And and you know for me I've 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 worked really hard to make Doctor Goose what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know I've, if I'm going to do something I want to do it 100 miles an hour or whatever it is. Right. And good duck and burger is a concept that not only do I really love and really speaks to who I am, but it's something that makes makes sense for the dollars in space. And, and, well, and also when I think of your space for that community, it feels like a fit. Yes. Right? Because like you said, it's a thousand square feet. It's on the corner. Yes. I just sort of feel like, so is it a, a burger place? I mean, can we get a little a little in on how that's going to be executed? Sure. So I still want people to be able to come in. It's definitely not counter service, right? Okay. So it's not like you're nothing wrong with it. There's not like your five guys where you walk up and you like pick from a bunch of fixings, nor is it a Fuddruckers. Um, you know, you still people that still, still do they? Oh. God, I hope so. <laughs> Fudder, okay, guilty pleasure of Fudder. Okay, how about yeah. it? Um, we all kind of have our guilty pleasures. <laughs> Mine um, comes in like small little bubbles, like pain, or like little diamonds. That's going on a lot of ways. Of <laughs> <laughs> Very different guilty pleasures. But anyway, um, what um, about me? Go ahead. So it won't be counter service. I still want people to be able to come in, sit down, mm-hmm. order food. Okay. Um, people can still come in, grab a glass of wine, grab a beer, grab a cocktail. Mm. Um, so something that makes sense for kind of the demographic that you had mentioned that yeah. is coming into Bethesda, a lot yeah. more younger families, some baby boomers, and even some some of the younger folks. Mm-hmm. Um, right, because, you know, one of the things I think is really important, um, and as I, I mean, I have five children, so, mm-hmm. you know, what was hard when my kids were growing up was on a Tuesday night, somebody had karate, somebody had something else, dance, whatever was going on, and we just wanted to go grab a bite. Mm-hmm. Do you know right. what I mean? But we didn't want to sit down for, like, a $400 meal, right? So finding that sort of sweet spot where a family on a Tuesday, it's one thing, Friday and Saturday, great. Sure. But Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, who's coming in? 100%. Right? And And how do you feed them? And it's been my, it's kind of been my ethos since I started opening restaurants. I never wanted to be just your Friday, Saturday night guy. I wanted to be the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday guy. Mm. And when it became harder to do that in Bethesda is when I said, okay, let's shift gears. But I mean, Good Duckin is not just a uh, you know your everyday smash burger place. It takes kind of hey, tell the, us what's on the menu. Give the me a little... best of the American yeah. smash burger. Okay, which um, awesome. a little bit of my French training uh, uh-huh. and a whole lot of my Indian heritage. Uh-huh. So we do like a samosa smash where we basically smash the burger, smash the samosa just like you would you would a burger. We grill a slice of paneer. We hit it with a little bit of chicken tikka masala sauce. Put it between two pieces of brioche, uh, and it's. Amazing. That sounds delicious. It's really you good. You have me a paneer. I mean, that sounds delicious. Fries. Um, our answer, we, yeah, we do fries. She wants yeah. to know about the fries. The Hollywood fries. So right. Yes, that's true. We do, uh, we do, we do, do the fries and duck fat. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, vegans. Um, yes, we so do do the fries right. and duck fat, mm-hmm. but then we hit them with chaat masala. We hit them with a little bit of raita, some tamarind chutney, and some cilantro chutney. And it's like eating a, we call it a golgappa. 
Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's like eating that, but on a French fry, and it's really, really good. But also, if you just want regular duck frat cheese fries, that's on the menu right next to it. Got you. But I love this for you. I love I it like, I've never been more excited. I shouldn't I mean, say that. I've never been more excited <laughs> to get on the stove than I have about this concept. I bet. It feels... It feels like it's right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's right, not just for the area of Bethesda, but yeah. like for you. Like, yeah. I love this extension. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it's printable. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, that's great. And Very it's really exciting. cool. You know, when you walk around Bethesda now, you see so many, I mean, to your credit and, and to other people in Bethesda's credit, you do see so many young families walking around enjoying the concert, you know, playing Bago in the street or whatever. And, the movie and nights, stuff like that. 100%. It's really cool. Yeah. And this is something that just, I think, speaks to speaks to the changing Bethesda a little bit. Now, will you do um, to go with that? 100%. Do you have to? Yeah. Yes. Um, I mean, we can talk about the dynamics of that and the streetery mm-hmm. as well. Um, Let's get into the salt line. Yes. And we'll yes. To you. Hey, Paul. Hello. How are you? Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. So, you know, the problem with the salt line is that I know way more because I'm friends with Chef Kyle and his wife, Tiffany. Right. So I know stuff that you don't know, but I'm not going to know so much. Absolutely. Um, no, but um, it's such a thrill to have the salt line in Bethesda. Uh, originally, um, the original is by Nat Stadium, there's one in Boston, and then the guys took over uh, RIP, Mike Isabella's cabinets, um, and they took over the space until we gutted it. So can we talk, for people who aren't familiar with the concept, let's give them a little 411 on what you guys do. Yeah, absolutely. So um, at the Salt Line, you know, you know, Jeremy, a couple of the other owners um, take pride in being from New England. Mm-hmm. You know, all came down here for separate reasons years ago, um, linked up and really just wanted to do something special. So um, here at the Salt Line, or at the Salt Line um, <laughs> you know, we take your quintessential New England style seafood dishes and give it a little more of a regional twist. So, you know, whether it's local produce from a really cool farm or a sustainably caught seafood, <clears throat> um, you know, it's, it's tying both concepts together. So you look at our oyster menu. We've got anything from Maine, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, to St. Michael's and uh, Virginia. But you guys also have your own oyster. Yes. Right? What's that called? The Dancing Molly. Yes, the Dancing Molly. The dancing I should Molly. know that because they all have the t-shirts. That's funny for uh, a lot of reasons. I know, it's funny for a lot of reasons. The first time I saw one of those servers with the Dancing Molly t-shirt, I was like, what are you trying to say? <laughs> but anyway, back to the oyster. Yeah, so uh, Danton Mali is a collaboration between the Salt Line and Harris Creek Oyster Company. Mm-hmm. So um, Alex Johnson has been doing business uh, with Kyle and the Salt Line for years, and you know they came together and said, "Let's let's do an oyster specifically for Salt Line and our sister restaurant Dauphines." Mm-hmm. Um, so Alex is starting his oysters in Harris Creek, St. Michael's. Um, Shallow water, calm currents. They're good. Yeah, and a little bit warmer. uh, Grow them there for a year and then transport them right into the bay. Mm -hmm. And uh, more tumultuous tumultuous, uh, currents and and colder temperatures. So it develops kind of a little deeper cup um, and gains to increase the salinity. Mm. Yeah, so I mean, you know, we have... Like I said, the New England oysters, that definitely a lot brinier um, and then local, um, less salty. So this is kind of like the best of both worlds. Agreed. It's one of my favorites. I love it. Uh, so you guys have the whole raw bar um, sort of happening there. 
with the towers and everything and the shellfish. Um, and then you have the menu items. But when you guys decided to come to Bethesda, I mean, like, sort of tapping onto like what Chef Al and Jamie were both saying, like, they both have, con have concepts that are for themselves, but then are meeting the consumers where they are. How did Saltline go about taking what they've done to other locations and make it for this area? Because each area has its own quirks. Definitely. Um, I mean, I think just the accessibility and approachability that Saltline has always had. Mm -hmm. You know, so many people going to Nats games and, and grabbing a smash burger, lobster roll, Narragansett. Okay, smash burger, you can't say smash burger. He already said <laughs> We have no Indian spices. <laughs> <laughs> it's all New England. Yeah. 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 New England flavors Very good. Good um, uh, thing. That's, that's like the approachable factor of the restaurant, though. Mm -hmm. Like, I love it that you can go in and you can grab an Arrogancent lager and, you know, a smash burger. Or you could also go and get a seafood tower and a Premier Cru Burgundy or, you know, a Bala Sancerre. So, you know, it's, it's not just like, welcome in. It's going to be expensive dinner tonight. Mm -hmm. You have you have the wiggle room to go either way and still, you know, get great service. Which is also important, mm -hmm. obviously. Um, you know, I'm just, how many people are working for you? Fewer than five. Oh, okay. I'm working on hiring right now. My, I have a lot of summer college kids and everybody that's leaving me. So yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I need to upset you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but, but if you're putting out all that product every day, how many people are baking? Please don't tell me just you. Not just me. Okay. <laughs> I have one full-time person right now, and my mom helps a lot. Oh my God, God bless your mother. That's a lot of work. Yeah. I think you bring your mom to events sometimes. Yeah, yeah. all the time. Yeah. So on a daily basis, how many things are you offering? Ooh, probably like 20, 25 things on the menu. Wow. Amazing. Oh my God. That <laughs> is wow. amazing. That's an incredible amount of work for... Two and a half people. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah that, I'm sort of overwhelmed by that. Um, now I have to go on to them to ask <laughs> But you brought around hospitality. Um, and I want to bring this to sort of both of you to sort of talk about, you know, she just said it, like finding people to work for you is tough. You're in a neighborhood. Sure, you can rely on neighborhood kids, which you did heavily. Absolutely. Um, which has its real good points and its real Eh, points, right? Yeah. Like the good points are everybody loves going into the restaurant and being like, oh my God, that's my neighbor's kid, right? <laughs> and that's kind of fun until they drop a plate and they're like, okay, I don't yeah. really like that neighbor anyway. <laughs> yeah. um, so, so how do you both handle, uh, and you too, given that the college kids are leaving, sort of the labor shortages and how, how do you work with that in Bethesda? Um. We really relied on a lot of help from seasonal employees uh, with busing, food running, hosting, things like that. Uh, you know, for the line cooks, dishwashers, bartenders, servers, um, that's where we really focused on people that we could hire, train, to develop, keep. and keep, mm -hmm. and then we could figure out kind of the rest as we go. Right. Um, you know, we were we were lucky enough to have the success and popularity of Navy Yard of Arlington so that it wasn't just an unknown brand new restaurant opening up. 
and people saying like, oh, I don't know, you know, I don't know if it's going to last. I don't know if it's going to be a good fit for me. I don't know mm-hmm. if I'll make enough money. Uh, so we definitely had that on our side with mm-hmm. opening with, um, you know, those more structured positions. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that makes sense. Yeah, it helped a lot. And then, I mean, I've, I've been in a position before where you, you hire a bunch of seasonal help to get you through it. And then the end of August, beginning of September rolls around and you're back in the same position. So <laughs> Sounds like that's what we got going on with Jamie. <laughs> I'm with you. And what about you, Chef? I mean, how, how are you, with the change in concept, how does that work with the staff you have? You know, I should say this just before I forget to say it. I, you know, another part of the reason that we, we made the switch was it was just putting unfair pressure on the team that was there. Mm. Because when you're that small and you're trying to be kind of a fine dining restaurant and you, you can't afford all the bells and whistles of general manager, assistant general manager, bar manager, front of house, you know, shift lead, whatever, it puts a lot of pressure on the people that are there. And I felt like we weren't giving them all the tools they needed to succeed. So that mm. I felt like I had to say that to get. No, that and out. I'm glad you did. That's a, <laughs> um, I think that's a. That's an incredible business person. Yes. Um, so. The the new model, um, I think we're definitely going to start at six days a week instead of our typical seven, uh, just so that we can make sure that everybody's getting the time off that they need and, mm. and, and we're not burning people out. Um, as far as hiring seasonal labor, fortunately, we're in Bethesda. Um, so the seasonal labor that you get in Bethesda is sometimes... Like high school kids. Yeah, the high school kids in Bethesda are typically easier to deal with than the high school kids from like other markets that we have restaurants in. Okay. Um, but I mean, they, they, like you said, right, it could be a neighbor's kid. It could be, you know, mm-hmm. they, they're connected to the community. So they, they want to do a good job. It's just making sure that you give them all the tools to succeed. Well, I think that's part of the beauty of actually opening up in a neighborhood community, like a suburb community. 100%. You know, um, like, I'm not kidding. My neighbor's kid, I didn't know, was working there. She came up to me. She's like, hi, Mrs. Nellis. I'm like, where's my husband's dead mother? Like, nobody calls me Mrs. Nellis. And she's like, it's, um, what's her name? Colleen. She's like, Colleen Dan, I live up the street. But I mean, I haven't seen her in years. And I was like, I loved that. Like, that's, that should be part of it. It should be like people walk in and they see, they feel their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. In the neighborhood, isn't that the yeah. point of a neighborhood restaurant? 100%. Right. I mean, a lot of people work their first jobs in neighborhood restaurants. I was the host yeah. at some place called Fontina uh, Grill in Rockville. Yeah, you know? I, I remember. I that. mean, people celebrate <laughs> their their granddad's graduation, yeah. their their weddings, their whatever. I mean, I started in the restaurant industry. Yeah. I mean, that's why I'm here today. Yeah. Um, so I do totally get that. And when we talk about sort of community engagement and programming. Like, it sounds like you're doing an awful lot, you know, the camps and everything, but moving, but with the, I'm so worried about you. You have so much on your plate. Um, so, and she does every event we invite her to I do. Get, so, like, with the wedding cakes and everything, so, like, moving into the fall, are you just, like, programming pause because I'm doing wedding cakes? Like, how does that work? No, the fall is just a really busy season. It's great. I love it. I'm, like, totally We must be busy for through it. the end of the year. Yeah, Thanksgiving, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Christmas yeah. Christmas, oh, Christmas, all of it. Oh, right. I bet you're very busy. Wow. Yeah. We'll figure it out. We always do. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I'm helping you. I'm like, sure I'm you like, through. Yes. I'm just, I, it's amazing. And so um, I'm putting you on a pedestal. Like, I give you all the credit in the world. So, but for all of you, with the new concept, with the brand new restaurant, with all that you do, how does programming and working with Buck? and Stephanie and doing working with them and what they do how do you guys do that all together 
I call them and beg them for stuff. Okay. And they always say yes. Begging <laughs> always works. I love begging. Um, I don't know, but you've done our events for years. You have done our events for years. Um, I don't even know if it's always a moneymaker for them, but I think they see the value in, I think sometimes it's a moneymaker, and I think other times you see the value in um, being part of the community and being part of an event or um, whatever else we have going on that we can bring you into. I think it's also, you know, not to sound crude, but it's also, you got to pay to play. Right. If, you, if you're not in D.C. where there's a lot of tourist traffic, where there's a lot of corporate traffic. Right. Mm -hmm. If you want to get yourself in front of, you know, the young parents, the, mm -hmm. the other people that are very actively involved in the community, you better line yourself up with the community. <laughs> I think that's I think you're 100 percent right. And it was a big part of my argument. You know, I, I would love to keep this evergreen, but it was a big part of my argument during the whole like COVID thing where everybody forgot about restaurants. It was restaurants that were still donating to the fire station, the police station, right. the schools, Hospital the center. whatever else you have. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think for us, for me, at least I don't want to speak for anybody else, but there, there's really no other option. I want my restaurant to do well. You, you, you have to, to do well and, and to be well-respected in the community. I mean, you got to You have to have FaceTime. Yeah. Agreed. And, well, given the amount of new apartments, you know, mm -hmm. sort of high-rise apartments, new people moving in, mm -hmm. like, you have to be able to get in front of them. Yes. You know, especially, like, to me before, and I know you guys probably experienced this in Boston. I hate to bring up the other place, but, you know, one of the things <laughs> I understand. of the river. Oh, right. You know, so there are people over right. there. Right. <laughs> over there. It's like an iron curtain. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but my understanding about Boston is, like, if you don't get those people before they go into the elevators to go upstairs, they're never mm. coming back down for dinner. I don't think the same is true for Bethesda. I think we all. have a lot of diners on the street. All yeah, week it's long. busy. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I've been to the streetery on a Tuesday night and it's packed. Mm -hmm. And I've been to other parts of Bethesda on a Tuesday night and I'm just always. Okay, can we talk about the streetery? Because it's morphed. Yeah. Yes. And um, I love I love the way it is in both areas. So on both sides of Bethesda, it's different. So on Norfolk Avenue, we have a full streetery. Full uh -huh. street, one full block is closed. I love that. Um, right in front of your restaurant. Right in front Fantastic. of um, yeah. Chef Al's restaurant. We have concerts there. We do a winter event there. We do a variety of programming throughout the year, mm -hmm. which is great. Yeah. Um, and we love it. The other side of town um, where Bethesda Row is, they did have full streetery early yeah, but they in the cut it, they cut it like so enough. They did. They had to reopen Woodmont Avenue. Um, I think the county could only keep that street closed for so long. Right. And so there is an extended, I think they took one or one like one lane or something. Yeah. So they do have extended seating and they're actually doing a lot of renovation in that part of Bethesda right now, mm -hmm. renovating corners and sidewalks. And they do have a future plan that I don't, I think that's still being worked on, but they mm -hmm. do have future plans for that area too. Um, but the idea is people want to be outside and gather. And we never would have had or would not have been nearly as easy to close a public road mm -hmm. in Montgomery County if we didn't show how much it was needed, wanted, loved by the community. Right. And Agreed. now that it's there and we've shown it's been there for three years. It's funny because I, I did think that you would get, I'm sure there are the peanut galleries. Like, I miss my parking or I want to come through the street. Much less than we would have expected. Oh, well, that's great. So, you know, we had such the support of the restaurant community, obviously, because it's extended dining and seating and just a vibe. Of, I mean, I was there yesterday and three people had their laptops open and were working. I love doing it. Whatever, I know. And just, you know, eating, drinking stuff from, you know, nearby restaurants. So, mm -hmm. you know, again, even on a random weekday afternoon, it was being utilized by the community. I think that's great. Um, and I would also add, I think the thing that really helps Bethesda too is we do have residents. You know, 
before the pandemic, we had 50,000 people who came to work in downtown Bethesda every day. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that number's changed and it's constantly morphing and nobody's working in an office five days a week anymore. Mm -hmm. That's fine because all the people who are working from home are in Bethesda. Right. And they're out at the studio with their laptops and hopefully eating lunch and going to cafes and, and mm -hmm. keeping that daytime business going. Which is, I mean, that's sort of the cry of the city that, mm -hmm. that lunch, the daytime right. businesses. So there's going to have to be a, a way to make it work for everybody at some point. Right. I'm not answering right. that. Right. Um, I have ideas, but yeah. um, <laughs> and I'm not going to share them here. Problem, you know, it's a challenge throughout the country. Right, exactly. Different, different urban areas. But it's a very good point. Now, are you guys doing lunch? In a few weeks, we will. In a few weeks. Yeah, we okay. opened up uh, doing dinner seven nights a week for did that about a month just to get that under our belts. Mm. We're in our second week of Saturday, Sunday brunch service. Do that for a couple weeks and then go live uh, beginning of September with lunch. Fascinating. It was just, a, it was a, I appreciate the approach because it, we would have needed triple the staff, double the training time. Oh and, yeah. You know, like when you single it down to, all right, we're open for seven days a week for dinner. You know, it's, it's, it's easier to keep a packed restaurant, but also like you're paying attention to your steps of service more. You're getting to engage with guests more. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, you know, limiting, limiting the bad things that could happen. Right. Seven nights a week, dinner, get that under our belts. Um, so people come in and, and, and have a great time and have a great meal and, you know, can't wait to come back. Rather right. than like, eh, it was all right, and maybe I'll try it again in a couple months. Sure. Right. No, that makes all the sense in the world. Um, and what about you? Will you be doing lunch? Yes. Okay. Yes. Great. And will you, when you <laughs> open, will you be doing lunch? Yes. Okay. So we'll be open every day from 12 to 10. Oh, wow. Late night. Awesome. Yeah. Bethesda. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you, what are your hours? What does it look like for you? We're open 10 to 6, Tuesday through Friday, and 10 to 4, Saturday and Sunday. Oh, okay, great. And do you do any, like, sandwiches or stuff like that? You do. So you, you, do wanna... like, you have lunch specials, right? Yep. Can we talk about that a little bit? Yeah. We have a sandwich menu. Um, we do... Uh, can I just interrupt you for one second? I do feel like maybe with one of your burgers... You need like a gluten-free gluten bun. Yes. bun. I'm just saying, okay, sorry. <laughs> feel like I need a just feel like I had to say it out loud. She'll text me four times. I know, but I, somebody meant to say it. I feel like we were all thinking that Jamie could provide gluten-free rolls, breads, et cetera, to both of these folks. That's true. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, we can okay. do that. She's like, okay. <laughs> How much more easy delivery, delivery. <laughs> mom. Uh, our mom and all other family enforcement. So the sandwiches, tell me. Yeah, so we make all the bread from scratch in house. So it just right. felt like an obvious thing to do. We roast vegetables and we roast chicken, and we make our own hummus from scratch in house, mm. and we make uh, fresh vegan soups and things like that. Um, so you can come in, you can have a bacon, egg, and cheese, or you could have a roasted veggie and hummus sandwich. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Okay, so. Let's talk about the programming yes. for, so this show will air sort of late September-ish. Okay. So let's talk about, you got Taste coming up. Yes, so Taste of Bethesda is Saturday, October 7th. Okay. I haven't had Taste of Bethesda since 2019 in Bethesda. Oh my God. So Is that true? Right, you were going to do it. Right, so last year was Hurricane Ian. Right. Or, oh God, I, I think that was the yeah. Right. Um, so yes, we have it on the calendar for the 7th. Mm -hmm. um, these folks are all participating, which is mm -hmm. great. Mm -hmm. um, and everyone, you know, a big variety of restaurants participates, which is great. Mm -hmm. Folks that are new, folks that you may or may not know. We have desserts, we have coffee, we have main meals. 
all of it. Mm -hmm. uh, our website's Bethesda.org, by the okay, way. Thank you. So you can get the whole menu there. Um, we'll sell beer and wine also. Mm -hmm. um, That's kind of new. We always beer and wine that? is new. No, we did not do beer and wine mm -hmm. um, before, but we've talked to the county and we're making it happen. Yeah, that was pandemic. They were like, yeah, whatever. We'll yes, sell people we'll need, do it now. People need cocktails and right. wine. So, um, yeah, we're very excited. We'll live stages of entertainment. We'll have a family area for kids. Um, we Great. just want to get back to celebrating restaurants in Bethesda. I love and that. And it's a great day to do it. Okay, great. All right, everybody, I want to thank you so much for sharing your stories today. Um, Chef Al, tell everybody where they can find you online and on Instagram, and can you give us a rough, we won't hold you to it, but a rough date for um, Good Duckin' Burger. Good Duckin' Burger. Uh -huh. uh, online, you can find us at alfredrestaurantgroup.com. Uh, you can find everything about the restaurants on my Instagram, at Chef Ashish Alfred. Uh, hopefully, Good Duckin' Burger will be open before the end of September. I think really two weeks, but I don't want to. Okay. Or come to Taste Bethesda and. Or come to Taste Bethesda. Oh, right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> da, 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 da. Okay. Uh, you can find us at thesaltline.com. Instagram is at thesaltline. Like I said, we'll be opening for lunch early September. Great. Um, and we've got a reverse happy hour, something fun for the neighborhood. So starting at 9 30, going till 11 30 during the week, 12 30 on the weekend. Uh, so kind of like a late night food menu, beer, wine, cocktail specials, and half off chef selection of oysters. Oh my God, that's amazing. Nice. Great yeah. idea, I love that. Yeah. Okay, Jamie. Um, we're at theredbandanabakery.com and Instagram at theredbandanabakery. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, give a shout out one more time. For yes, find you website stuff. is Bethesda.org. Instagram is at Bethesdabub. And you can see, like I said, every day we are posting content for what folks are doing in Bethesda. Excellent. All right. And uh, if you guys, thank you so much. Just hold out one sec. Thank you. Thank you, too, for joining me. Actually, I'm going to ask everybody one rapid fire question, and then um, then we'll wrap it up. Okay. Not in Bethesda. Okay. But where are you going to eat? Oh, gosh. Well, I just go back from Italy, so that's all I can think about. Oh, <laughs> brag, brag, brag. Okay. There's Excuse you. Excuse me. Chef, where are you eating? Imperfecto. Okay. Paul. Cranes. Oh, okay. And? Cielo Rojo. Oh, yeah. Mm. Okay, thank you all. All right, and thank you for joining me here on Industry Night at the Wine Lair. Um, you can find everything I do at NYCCINELLIS, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, subscribe to uh, YouTube and Threads. Of course, everything you heard here today is on the list or you want it.com. Uh, tune into David and I and Foodie and the Beast at 1500 every Sunday at 11 or download the bitch because it's good. Uh, I think that's it. Everybody be safe out there and have a delicious week. Produced by HeartCast Media.